What is up, you beautiful, wonderful people of the world? This is Ashley Campbell with Daily Encouragement. By the time you guys hear this episode, it's already going to be October 25th, 2023. Somebody actually asked, asked me one time on here, Ashley, why do you say the date? Because it's for me. <laughs> I listen, I re-listen to all my podcasts and it helps me keep everything straight. So if I forget to write down when I recorded it, I just have to re-listen to it and I can write it down and keep track of everything. So that is the purpose of that. So, um, you guys, October 22nd of this year will be my birthday. I will be 38 years old as well as this podcast will be four years old. So, uh, just thank you guys for all the people that have joined on here. Uh, as of today, September 20th, there is over 10,000 downloads. So, um, I'm super grateful for that. I thanks to, I got three financial supporters on the podcast. So if anybody wants to, uh, sponsor me for the podcast, you can give anywhere from a dollar to, uh, $10 a month. So if anybody wants to help sponsor the podcast. I would be much appreciative of that. You guys, the link for that should be in the description of the video. If that's something that's on your heart to do, but, uh, yeah, you guys, thanks for being here. I hope you guys have gotten a ton of value. Uh, there's over 330 episodes on here. So you guys got a ton of content. And, uh, so let's just go ahead and get started on this thing. All right. Trials. They're not fun. What provoked this? Well, I was reading the book of James a couple weeks ago and, uh, I just thought it was relevant. You know, there's some people right now that have commented on my page and you know, they're going through some things. And so I just want to share some things with you guys that I encourage myself with, or I strengthen myself with when I am uh, in a season of trials or just even frustration or stress. You guys, I get stressed. Seriously. I'm feeling stressed now. Um, we had to buy a bunch of parts for my truck and then I had to borrow you guys. This is so humbling. I'm really grateful for my older son. He's become a very responsible young man. He's 21 and I borrowed $1,800 from him so we could get a survey done on our property. So we have neighbors right next to us. Our property lines have been a little honky since we've been here for three years and we've been needing to get the property surveyed so we can get the property line straightened out. And uh, we've been looking for someone to come out here since March of this year. Finally found somebody. They got out here just yesterday. But I had to borrow that money from my son. Super humbling. And I'm like, Lord, where the heck? Like, I got to pay him back. You know, I'm going to. But it's humbling when you have to do stuff like that. And uh, especially when it's your kid, right? Very humbling as a parent. Grateful and very humbling at the same time. So I understand the burdens of financial stuff, you guys. I told you, me and my husband have been on a single income for the last 15 years. You guys, I've got a lot of wonderful stories as far as what God has provided for us over the years. I, I know a lot of people watch that video that I did, you know, sharing basically about sticking to your values and what's important to you, regardless of the circumstances and how for us, it was me sticking to my commitment to be the primary influence in my kids' life, regardless of the circumstances, you know, uh, choosing to live in a bedroom, one bedroom. It was at a six bedroom duplex. This was part of the church. I told you guys this story already, but uh, we did that for nine months. And then we tried to get back on our own and we fell back on our face. And then we ended up living in a travel trailer for 18 months. And then we lived in a 700 square foot house, right? So it's like, you guys, we have definitely sacrificed for the sake of living by our values. And you know, I do eventually want to talk about that too. A lot of people talk about how much sacrifice there is as a Christian, but you know, I think sometimes like for me, I used to sacrifice for the wrong things, I guess. I, I, I would have to give you guys some more context for that, but I would say it's important that you're, if you're gonna sacrifice, that you're doing it for things that you value and not because you're trying to get anything. 
Does that make sense? There's a difference. That's not the same kind of sacrifice I'm talking about. When I talk about sacrificing, I talk about you living out what's more important to you, regardless of what it's gonna cost from you, okay? So me choosing to stay at home with my kids has been a financial sacrifice on our part, right? However, my value of influencing them and being with them is way more important. And so that's where the sacrifice comes in, right? So that's you know, when God sacrificed for us, it wasn't a burden to him. You know how some people say, oh, I've sacrificed so much for you, right? And they talk about it in a way to where it's like they are burdened by the sacrifice they're making. Did you know that God was not burdened by his sacrifice to the point where he resented it? If you are resenting what you are sacrificing, there's an issue there, okay? And so I think it's important to kind of make those distinctions. And maybe one of these days, you guys, I can do another video talking about that. But anyway, so, um, you know, talking about trials, feeling stressed, you guys, I, I still get like that at times. You know, we're human beings. It doesn't matter how much we've been in the Lord or whatever evolved. Um, things are still going to get to us, you guys. Things still get to me at times like they have now, you know, financial pressure, buying car parts on credit cards, borrowing money from my son. That's stressful to me. All right. But uh, it's just the season I'm in right now. You know, I'm praying, you guys, that uh, once this commercial comes out, that I can sell plenty of books, that, you know, I'll be in a different position. I can get my son paid off. I can get the credit cards paid off. And I don't have to, you know, basically, you, can't, you ever feel like you're scraping by? <laughs> I definitely feel like that at times, you guys. But anyway, let's move on here. So let's go to, uh, this is the book of James. It says, let's go to chapter one. I'll just start here in verse two. It says, my brethren, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Oh man, there's a lot there. The testing of your faith produces patience. Now, what is your faith? All right, let's talk about that a little bit. Because sometimes, um, you guys, for me, faith always equated to just like believe in God. We're going to talk a little bit more probably about that on Friday. But uh, it didn't really, I didn't really look at it the way I do now. So faith is believing God. However, where do your beliefs come from? What you're convinced of? How do you become convinced of something? Through the experience with whatever we're talking about in the context, okay? So you've had many experiences grown up in life or whatever, and those shapes the conclusions that you've made about things. Well, have you ever believed wrongly about God? Are any of you actually humble enough to admit that? Do you know how important it is to acknowledge areas of your life where maybe you're not believing God for what he's worthy to be believed? You know, because of your own injuries, your own, uh, sometimes some of the people that uh, we surround ourselves with, you know, um, they influence us in what we believe about God. And we sometimes let those people, you know, speak into our life in that way. And some people don't really expect much from God. There's some bitter people out there, you know, but, uh, I remember reading God's word and being in complete bondage to it. I believed him, but it was a burden to me. Isn't that kind of oxymoron as a Christian? How is it that we can believe God who is good, right? And I'm saying this because this is what his word says, right? And if we say we believe God's word, then we're going to behave in accordance with that. But for me, if I was honest with myself, looking back, there was a time where I read God's word, 
but the way that I interpreted it and the way that I lived it out was a burden unto me. And I remember thinking, Lord, this doesn't make any sense. How is it that your word is supposed to give freedom and I'm living in prisoner to it? Where did that come from? Well, you guys, you know, if you guys watched that video that I did last Tuesday, if you listened to this, my story, you would understand where, you know, some of those things had come from. The, the people I was fellowshipping, uh, fellowshipping with, the experiences I was having when I was there, the different things that were happening, that was all shaping that for me. And so anyway, let's, let's keep going on here, you guys. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. All right, so testing of what you're believing about God, you know, and that is um, difficult at times. It's very humbling, right? Because I think all of us who do, you know, know the Lord, who have a relationship with them, accepted what Christ did, have the Holy Spirit, all these things, you know, like for me, I want to believe God all the time, right? But guess what? Sometimes my own, I will allow the circumstances to really speak louder to me than what I know is true about God. Can anybody relate to that? You know, so it produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. Wow. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I don't want to lack anything. I want to be complete. Did you know that patience is what's going to do that? And you guys, patience for me has not always been easy. I grew up in poverty. I've always felt like I've had to wait for the things that I've needed or, you know, even wanted in my life. You guys, it's okay to want things as a Christian. Okay. Let's, let's just put that out there as a disclaimer. Um, God wants to give us good things. He will give us good things. I think, you know, the most important thing we can do as human beings is just acknowledge our, our hearts and our lives and what we want and what we don't want and what we need and all those things. But, uh, you know, I haven't always been very good about that. Patience for me was always felt like a burden. I'm like, Lord, I'm always having to wait, 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 wait. I feel like I've waited my whole life. And so there for me has always been a little bit of tension and frustration with that. But you know, that right there, you guys, if you can be honest about even where you're at in your walk with the Lord, that's really the process of sanctification. You know, God gives us the ability to accept his word. That's the sanctifying part of it, accepting truth, right? And the only way we can accept the truth of God is if we start accepting the truth of ourselves as far as like really where we're at, acknowledging how we're thinking about, how we're behaving, what acknowledging the things that are getting in the way of us believing God. Um, you know, acknowledging the, I guess you could say the pullback that you might have with certain things like patience. Oh God, I hate being patient. Acknowledge it. It's not an easy thing. Here though, it says that we're gonna lack nothing. Lacking nothing. All right, so if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. Now, I want to break some things down with you guys really fast because I never looked these words up until just like last week. And so it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. Do you guys know what reproach means? I didn't really know what it meant until I looked it up. Reproach, to charge with, okay, okay, hold on to charge I can't even read, read, read I can't read I cannot read my own handwriting okay so without reproach so reproach means to charge with with or or to charge with blame for something wrong rebuke did you know God will give you wisdom without charging you with blame or rebuking you I think it's hard for us to actually understand that about God 
It says that if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, without reproach, without blaming you for something wrong or rebuking you. How many of you sometimes don't even like talking to certain people about what's going on in your life because they will blame or rebuke you constantly? So do you see that if people operate like that with you, you might unconsciously be taking that dynamic into your relationship with God thinking he's going to behave with you the same way that human beings have behaved with you or are currently behaving with you. God is not going to rebuke you or charge you with wrong. You know what God wants to do? He wants to give you wisdom. What is wisdom? Knowing the best ends and the best means for a, a particular end. So trials, number one, what are they going to do? Help us really test what we believe about God. Work through the trash that's there. Not everything we believe about God is of God. There are some things that you might believe about God that are not true. Whatever is getting in your way, whatever is holding you back, whatever is frustrating you. Don't, and, and you guys, if you can't acknowledge these things, then you cannot get the wisdom that you need because you're lying to yourself if you're not being truthful. God desires truth in the end most part. You have to learn to be so comfortable with him to know that what, what do you think the whole function of a sacrifice really is? Was it just a one-time transaction? I used to think like that as a Christian. You know, okay, I've accepted Jesus Christ's blood, so, okay, now he's forgiven me, but I never applied it on a daily basis. Why do you think the Lord says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood? What in the world does that even mean? I'll tell you guys really quick. I had this revelation a couple of years ago when I was actually writing my book, Nuggets of Truth. I, I saw it from such a different perspective and it's basically this. So Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. What is his flesh? He said, it says in uh, John, the word became flesh. So God's word is a form of food to, unto you. You eat of it, okay? You eat his word. Jesus Christ is the, is the, what is it? The way, the truth, and the life. He is the literal word of God. He is the God in the flesh, okay? Anyway, so unless you eat his flesh, unless you eat his, eat his words and drink his blood, what is the function of Jesus Christ's blood? To forgive you when you are not consuming what God has to say and the truth of it, right? The simplicity of it, the no strings attached part. If God says he will give you wisdom without reproach, you literally have to accept that as true. Did you know that's what it means to believe God? Is to literally accept what he said is true. You know, and that's why when I was talking to you guys about in that video I did a few weeks ago, um, you know, basing my whole life has been based upon God's word in a sense. If he said, don't worry about my life, what uh, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, drink, or wear. Seek the kingdom first and everything else will be given to you. I literally took him at his word. You know, and for me, it was easier to do that because... I grew up in a very difficult, poverty-stricken situation. I, I mean, I didn't even know that Jesus even said that until I was 19 years old. And he wants you to take him at his word. He does not want you to worry about your life. Now, I know there's people out there who want to buffer everything, right? Well, Ashley, you have to be responsible. You have to look for a job. You have to do, th yes. That's called being a, an adult that is going to roll and subdue. God has a function and a purpose for you. However, he's going to bring the opportunities. If you're worried about those things, well, then that's where you have to start integrating what he said with the thing you're worried about. 
right? Well, you'll eat, drink, or wear. Sometimes, uh, you know, and I mentioned this in the video too, you know, God might be redirecting you and you might be resisting that. Like for me, when me and my husband decided I was gonna stay home with the kids, all of a sudden he loses his job. I could have freaked out and said, you know what? Maybe I'm not supposed to be home with my kids. Maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Even though I already knew in my heart that that's where the Lord was leading me to. But I could have abandoned all of that and said, oh my God, what are we gonna do about, you know, having food or, you know, my husband working and all this kind of stuff, but I didn't do that. I stayed on the course that I believe God had me on. I didn't let the circumstances dictate my decisions. Some of you guys do that. Now, sometimes God will use your circumstances to redirect you in your life. And the way he's redirecting you sometimes is not the way you want to go. I did not want to go live in a six bedroom duplex in a one, in one room. Me, my husband and three kids were all in one bedroom together. I didn't want that, but I knew that I was supposed to be there. I, so I said, okay, Lord, I surrendered. God might be redirecting you in your life. You know, I, I, I used to think to myself, I wonder how many people who were, you know, losing their jobs during 2020, who didn't want to be vaccinated, but went ahead and did it anyway. What if you actually would have stood on what you valued instead of uh, catering to the, the panic? What if you would have allowed God to use that situation to redirect you in your life? What if there was another job? What if you were supposed to start a business? What if you were supposed to completely downsize and start all over again and actually create a life that you want? Those are These are the opportunities that God gives to show us what we want. What do you want for your family? Do you want the life that you have right now? If not, then you're probably not content. And why are you not content? Right? I mean, that's, that's what God is trying to create in us. Contentment, you guys, and I know that's kind of one of those words where it's like you hear it and you have a certain feeling about it. Well, for me, I used to hear the word content and it meant, oh crap, if I'm content, I'm not gonna grow, I'm not gonna make any progress, I'm just gonna stay stuck here in my life, it's gonna suck. No, completely wrong about that. After years of reading and searching and kind of trying to get a better understanding, I realized, you know what? I had to create a new definition for myself. And for me, contentment just means wanting what I have. Do you want what you have? If you don't, that might be God's way of redirecting you. Well, what do you want? Did you know Jesus asked that of people all the time? What kind of life do you want to have? What kind of relationship do you want to have with your husband or your wife? What kind of relationship do you want to have with your kids? Um, do you like the job that you work? Do you have peace in your life? If you don't have peace in your life, it might be because you're living outside of what you value and what's important to you. And God uses your circumstances sometimes to show that to you, not to be a jerk. If you lost your job, you know, at times, maybe you hated the job anyway. And now you have to trust that God's gonna give you what you actually are looking for, right? Because God does work that way. I, I get really frustrated listening to people say that God, you know, basically doesn't care about what we want and, you know, we're just supposed to be his doormats. That's not the way that it is. Once you become trustworthy as a person and God can trust you with his word. I mean, Jesus already said, if you keep my commands, ask what you wish and it will be given to you. Why? Because you've proven that you can keep his words. You guys aren't going to give something of value to someone if you don't trust they're going to keep your word. You know, me and my husband have talked about this before. I remember, I remember when God was moving us out to Tennessee and this house that I'm literally sitting in right now, I, I told you guys the story. I'm not going to get into it, but I really, really wanted this house, but I was scared to ask God for it because I didn't want to be disappointed. And I was like, 
Lord, why do you say that we can ask you for anything? And I, I went over to John 15, you know, you know, you guys ever ask the Lord any questions and then your minds, you, you start having thoughts about different scriptures or different things to that. Pay attention to that. That is how the Lord reveals himself to you or speaks to you. I like to say thoughts of God. Can you identify the thoughts of God within you? So for me, I, my mind went over to John, I think it was John 15. And he says, if you keep my commands, ask what you wish and it'll be given to you. And I was like, well, why is that? Because I was frustrated. You guys, I've only been here three years. I've been following the Lord for, you know, 17, 17 and a half years, whatever. So 17, 16, 15, 14. I have a 14 year history before that, that appeared, appeared that what I had asked for, he didn't give it to me. So I was having a hard time believing what he had to say, because there was times when I asked the Lord for things and it didn't work out on my timeline. So I was scared to ask for what I wanted this time. I'm like, I want it, but I don't want to be disappointed. Can anybody relate to that? So, um, I remember he brought to my mind, like the whole idea of marriage. You know, and me and my husband, I told you guys, we've been together for 23, 23 years almost. And I remember thinking about how him and I, we can ask each other for whatever we want because we keep each other's words. Now, here's the thing. People be like, well, you know, you don't ask for, you know, things that would be bad for the marriage. I would never ask my husband if I can go sleep with the dude down, down the road or something. Okay. That's not keeping his words. And that you would never ask, if you really love somebody and keep their words, you would never ask for anything that would harm the relationship. Seriously. I mean, come on, you guys, let's be a little bit more mature about this. All right. So, you know, I realized that I've kept my husband's words, right? We've kept our words, our promises to each other, our commitments to one another. And because of that, I can ask him for whatever I want. And he'll give as, as best of his ability, right? I mean, obviously I know our situation, but you guys get what I'm trying to tell you. How much more with God who owns everything, a cattle on a thousand hills? Have you guys ever asked God for something that you really needed, but it seemed so impossible for you? Did you guys know when I was living out in the travel trailer, I asked God, I said, Lord, could you please just provide a house for us to live in rent free until we can get on our feet? Like we needed it. I mean, in, in my mind, that was better than living in a travel trailer. And I didn't know how the heck we were going to live in a house rent free. I had no idea. You guys know what happened? Hold on just a second. <coughs> Excuse me, you guys. Guess what happened about a year and a half later? That's when we ended up in that 700 square foot house. We were there for three and a half years. It was our pastor's house. He had it. And uh, he didn't make us pay rent. All we had to do is pay utilities. We had to pay all the bills, but we didn't have to pay rent. Guess what? In my opinion, God answered my prayers. Okay. Was it ideal? No. Right. That's the thing. Sometimes you don't like the way your prayers are, are coming to you. It could be the very thing that you asked for, but it might not be what you want, but it's actually what you need. We needed to be in that 700 square foot house for three and a half years rent free. That gave us the space to, you know, not be in a travel trailer, 18 foot travel trailer. All of our kids were in one room. All right, and at the time we had four kids and me and my husband were in the other room. So now we had two bedrooms. We had a bathroom in there, kitchen, living room. It was great. We were grateful. We did not care, right? So sometimes God's trying to answer your prayers and you're sitting there stomping your foot at him. I don't want it like that. I don't want to live in that small of a house. I don't want to have to drive that kind of car. Anybody ever have to drive old 
you know, old, uh, old vehicles. I remember me and my husband, we had, uh, I had a van that my uncle had bought for me. I had one vehicle right when I was getting ready to have daughter number three, the heater core and stuff went out on it. It was really expensive to fix. We didn't have the money for it at the time. My, uh, my uncle was concerned because I'm getting ready to have a baby in October and it's cold. Um, in Washington state when it starts hitting October, November, December, it gets cold. And, uh, my uncle bought us a van. Well, I had that, that van was great. I had it for a while. Well, guess what? Um, the timing belt snapped on it. Well, my husband didn't know at the time. Like I said, he's been working on our vehicles. He tried to figure everything out. Couldn't figure it out. We ended up, you know, giving it to somebody. They ended up fixing it. That's cool. Well, we ended up getting 800 bucks. I can't remember. Maybe we sold the van for super cheap. I can't remember what it was, but we ended up finding an 84 Econo line van at a, uh, at a little, you know, hole in the wall, uh, car dealership down the street. It had no headlights like this van. It was an old van. It was an 84 big old van. You guys, <laughs> this van was so ghetto and check this out. Like when I went down to go take care of my stepdad, when he was dying of liver cirrhosis, me and my husband slept out in the van on an air mattress because it was like, it was huge and roomy, which was great. But my husband one day, he's like looking up at the liner, puts his hand up there like this. Somebody had left a meth pipe up in the headliner of the van. My husband was like, holy crap, babe. I said, can you imagine if I would have got pulled over, <laughs> right? I just bought this van for 800 bucks at this little teeny tiny dealership, you know, who knows where they got the van from, right? And there was massive issues with it. There was not massive issues. The issues were small enough where my husband could take care of it. But, you know, anyway, the point is, is we were grateful. I had that van for maybe two years. You know, it wasn't my favorite vehicle. It wasn't what I wanted, but guess what? It's what we needed and what we could do at the time. Some of you are missing God in your life because he's not coming in the way you want him to come. You're praying for things, but that's not what you want to do. You want to be home with your kids, but you don't want to downsize. You want to do these things, but again, you don't want to sacrifice. That's why it's going to be really difficult for you to see the Lord move in your life because you want certain things. You ask for it. He brings it to you. It's not what you want. And then you get resentful with God. Like he's not answering when the fact is you are not going through the process. So that's a whole nother conversation. But again, let's go back to trials, right? The testing of your faith produces patience. God is going to test what you believe about him. And it's going to produce patience. Patience sucks, you guys. I'm just saying, I don't always like it. I really don't. I don't like waiting, right? And I think, what, is, what does it mean to be patient? It's something like uh, waiting calmly or something. I, I'm not always good about it. You know, I definitely, I'm not always a graceful, patient person when it comes to, you know, things that I'm waiting on for the Lord to do in my life, things that I feel like I've had to wait for a long time and I can feel frustrated, but you know what helps me? I just confess those things to God. I don't hide those things. I'm not like trying to appear a certain way before God or even you. I have nothing to prove to you or anybody else, not even to the Lord, right? As long as I'm honest with God, he's gonna take care of everything else. He will create in me a clean heart and the heart that I need that will be pleasing to him. And I'll tell you one thing that pleases God is you being 100% honest about your life, where you at, what you need. So what's patience? The quality or habit of enduring without complaint. How many of you endure without complaint? I do for a while. I really do. But then I can like today kind of like, oh man, Lord, you know, what about this and that? And 
when's this thing gonna break through and you know blah 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 whatever it is right I can start getting the complaint thing on but I just confess it to the Lord I remind myself of all the good he's done in my life all the things he provided all the prayers he's answered right I recall his faithfulness I strengthen myself that's the process you guys so and if we're you know patience you guys and here's the thing why do we have to be patient at times because we're not in control of everything that's going on. Sometimes people are not cooperating with what God's trying to do. Did you guys know that he, that Pharaoh was not cooperating with God when he was saying, hey, it's time to go? I'm pretty sure God wanted it to happen much faster. However, guess what? He lets people live out their human will. And so sometimes we have to wait. And you know, that's the other thing. God wants to reveal himself to people, but he doesn't do it in like a forceful way like we want him to at times, like just crack open the sky and just start, you know, making things happen. Don't work that way, right? Uh, sometimes there are forces out of our control that get in the way. Remember like Daniel praying and the angels in the darkness? You guys, that stuff is real. Satan has his, his minions that are working against us, these dark forces that happen. That's why you have to, that's why the Lord wants us to have, be patient because we don't always understand the things that are working against us at times. God always uses it for good though. He uses all things for the good, right? We just have to let him do that by acknowledging the truth of the truth even where we're at in the process. We have to sometimes acknowledge that we need the process that the Lord's bringing us through, right? So you guys, I just wanted to share that with you today. That is the purpose of the trials that we have, to produce patience, that we may perfect complete, lacking nothing, that God will give us wisdom, because that's ultimately what he wants to do. You guys, I'm gonna go ahead and stop this recording. I'm gonna talk about that for a couple more minutes, and then uh, I'm gonna get off here, you guys. I promise this isn't gonna be a super long video, so just uh, our podcast, bear with me. Let me get another one going, and then uh, we will get off here. All right, you guys, so I'm jumping back on here really fast. I just wanted to emphasize this because I think this is so important. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He gives to all gives to all liberally and without reproach. Again, God wants to give you wisdom. What is that? The best ends and the best means for accomplishing an end. Did you go, So with that definition alone, that proves that God wants what is best for you. But are you willing to go through the process to get what's best for you? Are you willing to sacrifice for what's best for you? What do you want in your life? Ask for it. And then when God brings the opportunity through your circumstances, take it, do it. You aren't, you're not gonna experience God the way you want to if you're always you know, complaining to him about, oh, well, it's not what I want. You're not always, we're not always gonna get what we want, especially in the beginning. God, we're like little children, God's training up. We have to learn to become adults first, all right? We have to learn to humble ourselves as children before we get into that spot where we have more freedom in our relationship with the Lord. Does that make sense? And you'll get there. It just, it's going to take you time. There's, there's mindsets that you have learned, you know, before you even start seeking the Lord that have to be addressed before God takes you to the promised land. All right. Think about all the mindsets and the patterns that the Israelites developed being in slavery for over 400 years, generations of thinking that that were literally a slave mentality because that's all they knew. And now they're sick of the slavery. They're asking God to deliver them, but they don't know what it's like to be free because they've never been free. You don't know, you don't know what it's like to be free. 
Think about all the stuff you grew up in, all the, all the burdens that you carry now, right? If you knew how to be free all the time, would you not be free? Would you not be doing what you want if you knew how to do it? We don't. We don't know always how to create those results we want in life, but God does. Get into the habit of, you know, talking to God about all these things. He wants to give you wisdom. He wants to give you the best ends and the best means for reaching a particular end. Do you even know what end you want in your life? Did you know that that is part of your responsibility? What end do you want? What kind of life do you want? A lot of people are like, well, I don't know, just whatever God wants me to do, just kind of aimlessly go. That's not what's supposed to happen here. God wants to influence your relationships, your everything, every area of your life. We have to remember that God is the God of practical wisdom. He wants to give you practical results. So figure out what you want in every area of your life and then ask God to help you with that. And he will. God only wants to give you good. I just told you the definition of wisdom the best ends and the best means for reaching a particular end, right? What, you don't think God doesn't want you to have a good relationship with your spouse? You don't think he doesn't want you to influence your children or, you know, be able to be in a fruitful place with your finances? That is another conversation Christians need to start having. Why are we so content thinking that Christians have to be broke? What the heck are we going to get done not having any money, you guys? Do you really, I mean, side note, how well is it going with all the people in the world who do have all the money right now? Look at the decisions they're making, right? We have to stop being afraid of, you know, money and wealth and those things. Like we need those things from God. We need money. You can't do nothing without it. Now God's grace will get you through seasons of your lack. You guys, trust me. I know all about that, but that shouldn't be like a desired state because you're comfortable with it. I'm sure the Israelites were comfortable being slaves, just being told what to do their whole life. Not a problem. But God, realized, you know, for God, it was like, I didn't want you guys to be in that position your whole life. I want you guys to take territory. I want you to roll and subdue. I want you to have your own, uh, basically, nation. If you're going to be your own nation, that means you got to have your own income. If you don't have your own income, you're a slave to someone else who has money. So obviously, God is a lot bigger than what we realize and how we communicate him at times. You know, sometimes I wonder if that's why people are so turned off by Christianity because of the way that sometimes Christians conduct themselves or talk about these issues, right? They like bumper guard it. They try to protect it. They try to isolate it. Don't say this. You can't say it that way. You can't do it that way. Instead of just having a raw conversation about things, right? But I digress. So if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God to give to all liberally and without reproach. So God is not going to sit here and give you a hard time for asking him for wisdom. He wants you to ask. Okay. And it says he's going to give it to you liberally. Now I know some, for some of you out there, the word liberal just makes you cringe, right? You're like, Oh God, liberals, ugh. <laughs> liberally, right? Possessing or manifesting a free and generous heart. I'm going to be doing a whole nother video. We're going to be talking about that. It'll be interesting as far as, you know, I don't know if you guys are following, uh, what's his name? Robert Kennedy Jr. Right now, you know, he's running for president for the Democratic Party. I've been following him on Instagram. He's got a lot of really good things to say, you guys. Um, I was like, wow, he's, I, I've never, like, he's been very up, up front just about a lot of things. But he was talking about uh, the way he was talking about what it meant to be a liberal before. And I thought, 
I don't even think most people know what it means to be what they think they are. Does that make sense? How many of you identify with like titles? I'm this, I'm that. Do you even know what that means? Seriously. So anyway, that's a whole nother conversation, but we're gonna, I'm gonna do another video sometime talking about liberal, right? And what it used, and what, you know, it used to mean. It was very interesting. Okay, liberally, possessing or manifesting a free and generous heart. So God is going to manifest a free and generous heart towards you. He's going to give you wisdom, the best ends and the best means, and he's going to do it free and generously with all of his heart. He's not going to sit there and charge you of all the wrongs that you did that got you in a position to where now you have to ask for wisdom. Why do we need to ask for wisdom at times? Because we don't always produce the results that we want. So now we have to go outside of ourselves because if you knew what to do in terms of what you're trying to create in your life, you would be doing it. But you don't. If you don't have the results in your life that you want, it's because you don't have the wisdom that you need to get those results. Therefore, ask God. That's the beauty of it. We can ask him for these things and he will give it to us freely. All right. So don't be afraid to ask God for whatever wisdom you need in whatever context, relationships, money, health, right? Your legacy, your job. What do you want to do? Think, think about all those things. And I want you to start bringing it to the Lord. Okay. So you guys, I'm going to stop there. Okay. God will give it to us freely. He will do it generously. He will not charge us with wrong for asking for the wisdom that we need to produce the results that we're looking for. God is going to test our faith. He's going to test what you believe. Why is that? Because what you believe is the major foundation of your habits, actions, decisions. Seriously, he is going to break us down to the very core of who we are and what we think we know and then revealing what we don't know so he can give that to us. And then we realize, wow, God, you really are enough. You really are enough. No matter what season I'm in, you are enough. You only learn that through raw experience with God. You don't learn it any other way. You can't bypass any of this stuff. This is, this is like uh, Christianity 101. You got to go through it. All right. So anyway, you guys, I appreciate you guys uh, listening today. Hope you guys got some value out of the podcast. If anybody wants to order my book, please get a hold of me. I still got four signed copies left, you guys. I'm trying to get rid of these four copies. <laughs> um, like I told you guys, there's a really powerful question I wrote in the back of it. And it's, uh, what do you need to become aware of in God to close the gap of the lack you perceive in your life? Any of you have lack in your life? Have you ever asked yourself what you need to be aware of in God to close that gap so you can actually have like a full encompassing picture of who he is in relationship to whatever it is that you feel like you're lacking, you know? So you guys, there's a lot of growth that's to be had in your walk with the Lord. God will basically expose you, but you got, and you got to be willing to go there. God wants to heal you. You guys, I talk about that in my book too, but if you're not willing to go through this, then I don't know what to tell you. You know, don't be complaining to me or anybody else. If you're not getting results in your life, and not doing any work. The work is acknowledging the truth of your life. Did you know that's what made David a man after God's own heart? It's not what David did. It's what David acknowledged. 
What are you acknowledging in your life? Are you being truthful with God? Really? Are you sure? If not, do it. It'll change your life, you guys. All right, you guys, I'm going to get off this podcast. I hope you guys have an awesome rest of the day. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I will talk to you next time.